Since 2010, journalist Julian Assange has made international headlines after publishing bombshell documents and videos through his organization, WikiLeaks. The information, according to U.S. officials, was provided by U.S. Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning. Chelsea was imprisoned from 2010 until 2017 when her sentence was commuted. From March 2019 to March 2020, Manning was jailed for refusing to testify before a grand jury investigating Julian Assange. She was released the day after an alleged suicide attempt in jail. Assange's leaks exposed U.S. complicity in the deaths of innocent people during airstrikes in Iraq and Afghanistan. Following their release, the U.S. launched a criminal investigation into WikiLeaks directly targeting Julian Assange. He has been charged with 17 counts under the U.S. Espionage Act, and the U.S. has long sought his extradition to face those charges. In November 2010, Sweden issued an international arrest warrant for Julian Assange on rape charges, charges that he has denied. Some supporters say the charges were uh, a pretext for him to be extradited to the United States, while others say the women should be believed, but that Assange should not be extradited to the United States. Freedom for Assange has been supported by activists around the world. They say that he has not only been a victim of harassment, but also of torture because of his whistleblowing journalism. In 2012, Assange took refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, where he was granted asylum, citizenship, and a place to stay. In 2019, however, Ecuador's new right wing government revoked Assange's asylum and British police raided the embassy and arrested him. And since then, Assange has been held in Belmarsh, a men's prison in the southeast of London, England. Let us go to a clip now from CBS on the latest developments. We have breaking news this morning on Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks founder accused of revealing U.S. classified information. Elizabeth Palmer is in London where a judge has just ruled in his case. Elizabeth, what can you tell us? Good morning. Yes, well, the verdict was a surprise. It prompted a huge cheer among Assange's supporters outside the Old Bailey, the Central Criminal Court. Uh, the judge's verdict says that Julian Assange will not be extradited to the United States to stand trial on mental health grounds. She says that he's depressed, he's despairing, and that conditions in U.S. jails, uh, which she described as oppressive, uh, could make him a serious suicide risk. If extradited, he would have faced 18 counts, one of computer hacking and 17 espionage charges. Uh, all relate to classified documents he published on the WikiLeaks uh, website relating to the Afghan and Iraq wars, along with thousands of confidential diplomatic cables. Although she did block his extradition, the judge rejected his defense, essentially, which hinged on the fact that he, he maintained he was protected by freedom 
freedom of speech laws. Theoretically, if he was found guilty, he could have faced more than 100 years in jail. In spite of that verdict, though, Assange did not walk out of court a free man. Instead, he was remanded straight back into custody because the U.S. legal team announced they are going to apply, uh, they're going to appeal probably as soon as this week. So this case is far from over. Gail? Wow. All right, Elizabeth Palmer reporting from London. Thank you. Yeah, and as you just heard in that clip, lawyers uh, for the U.S. government said they would appeal the decision with the U.S. Department of Justice adding that it would continue to seek Julian Assange's extradition. In response, Assange's attorneys said they would request his release from the London prison where he has been held for close to two years. Assange will appear on Wednesday at Westminster Magistrates Court in West London for a new bail application. Now, before we welcome our guests, though, let us go back to one of the scenes of the crimes, one of the reasons the United States has been uh, so against um, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks is the release of a video where the U.S. military caught in action killing innocent civilians, including some reporters, media reporters from Reuters. Let's go to that clip now. In April 2010, the most shocking vision to come out of the war in Iraq was published by WikiLeaks. The U.S. Army video filmed in 2007 showed a group of men, almost all unarmed, being gunned down in a Baghdad street by an American Apache helicopter and recorded the voices of the soldiers carrying out the attack. Come on, buddy. I got you to pick up a weapon. One man had reportedly been carrying an RPG, a rocket-propelled grenade but two of the unarmed men who died were Reuters news staff and two young children in a van were seriously wounded in the onslaught. The title given to the video, Collateral Murder, marked the launch of a highly politicized agenda for WikiLeaks, driven by the website's founder, Julian Assange. Of course, the title is absolutely correct. It speaks about a very specific incident. Uh, if you go to collateralmurder.com, you will see the exact incidents talking about when a man is crawling in the street, completely unarmed, wounded, uh, and he is killed by a 30mm cannon from the air very intentionally, um, and his rescuers. I watched the Apache helicopter attack in the video uh, with the eyes of a former Marine infantry officer. I was a platoon leader and company commander, and I was also a battalion training officer who had trained troops on Nuremberg and the laws of war. It was very clear to me that what I was looking at was a war crime, was murder. 
Alrighty, and that last voice you heard was uh, Daniel Ellsberg, and prior to that, you also heard Julian Assange uh, speaking in his own name. I would now like to welcome our guest, Kevin uh, Gastola, writer, publisher for Shadow Proof. He curates a subscription newsletter, The Dissenter, and hosts The Dissenter Weekly. Both cover whistleblower stories extensively. He also co-hosts the Unauthorized Disclosure, a weekly podcast, and contributed a chapter to the book in defense of Julian Assange from Or Books. Kevin, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, Kevin, really, really chilling. I, I, I have to say I have some trouble finding that uh, clip because for some reason you have to go through a, a lot to try to get that particular clip about uh, collateral murder. When I first um, heard it and played it on the air, it was chilling then, chilling now. Reuters reporters killed, uh, children uh, being killed. We know that WikiLeaks is controversial on a number of fronts, but this is uh, one job that WikiLeaks did uh, that we really can't forget about it. We know that that is part and parcel of why the U.S. is so angry with him and also with uh, Chelsea uh, Manning. Um, before we talk about what's happening with Julianne now, uh, just your reaction um, to that clip and the and the work that WikiLeaks did to expose uh, this kind of murder and brutality, Kevin Garcola. It's important for us to understand that there's a reason why we all feel that Julian Assange and WikiLeaks are controversial. It's because there are people in our politics and in, in intelligence agencies that have. Uh, waged campaigns of smears against them, and uh, this has been documented by UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, Niels Meltzer, and and he's done extensive work looking at the kinds of character assassination that has been ongoing for the last 10 years, um, and not just against Julian and WikiLeaks, but also against the source, against Chelsea Manning as well. There's been a fair amount of material put out there. Um, to go against her. Um, and we know there's been a war on whistleblowers for the last 10 to 15 years that was ramped up, particularly under President Barack Obama, accelerated and intensified by President Donald Trump's Justice Department. Um, and so, yeah, that clip that you played, um, it's, it's really one of the things that was most gripping and startling when the disclosures were published by WikiLeaks. It's, it's vivid imagery. And um, it was one of the most clear-cut examples of a war crime that WikiLeaks published back in 2010. Right. And uh, you saw now a very different um, physically, and who knows if emotionally, uh, Julian Assange, as he was trotted out uh, to these hearings, this after his supporters say he was really tortured uh, during the time that he was in the embassy in Ecuador. Um, tell us what you know about um, uh, Julian Assange's condition. We know that he does have a couple of children now um, with his partner, and uh, the judge is saying that she's concerned about his mental health. Kevin. Yeah, she said, she said that extradition would be oppressive for mental health reasons because uh, if he was put in a prison in the United States, he would likely be designated for something called special administrative measures. 
And in those measures, he would be uh, basically uh, very nearly cut off from all friends and family, had very limited access to phones, maybe only two 15-minute calls a month to people. Um, These are restrictions that have been documented by organizations like the Center for Constitutional Rights, um, I believe the ACLU. Other organizations have followed this closely. It's been written about how horrible it is for anyone with mental illness who is in ADX, Florence in Colorado, the Supermax prison. And Julian has, um, has been diagnosed with a recurring depressive disorder. He's also been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. And so there's precedent in the United Kingdom for rejecting an extradition of a person to the United States because of how cruel our incarceration system is to people who have mental illness. Well, and uh, generally uh, to everyone, I mean, it it was interesting that the judge was concerned about conditions within uh, U.S. prisons. I mean, you talk about the special treatment Julian Assange would get, but across the United States, you have um, from people from the Black Panther Party, for example, who have been in solitary confinement for more than four decades, which in itself is, uh, uh, you know, is considered uh, torture, and also the U.S. having one of the largest incarcerated population in the world, uh, 2.3 million people in, in jails and prisons ac- across the country, this according to the Prison Policy Initiative. So the reputation of the United States and its uh, prisons and how it runs its prisons uh, seem to have uh, some play here. But tell us what exactly this means, because the U.S. is saying they will appeal. Assange's lawyer is saying, well, they now want bail. They want him released uh, out of prison. Uh, just tell us what you know about the situation right now. And also Mexico, Manuel Lopez Obrador on Monday offering political asylum uh, to Julian Assange. Kevin. It's a positive development for Assange and his supporters that the Mexico president stepped forward right away to say we would be a place Julian and his family could turn to in order to seek asylum from any further persecution, um, which we know has existed. Um, It's come right from within the heart um, and soul, although maybe it's better to say they're heartless, but it's come right from people like Mike Pompeo when he was running the CIA and, and labeled WikiLeaks a non-state hostile intelligence service and, and, and very uh, very much put forward the idea that it is a criminal enterprise. On uh, January 6th, which is, which is Wednesday, tomorrow, uh, there's going to be a bail application hearing to try and get Julian Assange out of the Belmarsh High Security Prison, which I just remind your listeners that right now, um, and as people have heard on news headlines for today, There is a lockdown in London. Um, They're very concerned about how rapidly COVID-19 is spreading once again. And that has been a problem in the prison unit where Julian Assange is being held. So I expect that to be raised as one of the arguments for getting Julian out of prison during this appeal. The appeal is going to be very narrow. It has nothing to do with the crimes that were alleged against Julian because the judge actually believes those that, that, that the prosecution has evidence for those. Now, what it's going to be about is convincing a three-panel appeal court called the High Court of Justice that the United States system is not cruel 
and inhumane and would not abuse Julian Assange in a way um, that would complicate his mental illness and push him to commit suicide um, and fail to prevent him from committing suicide if he was in a U.S. prison. And uh, that is going to be something because I do think that there's a lot of evidence on the defense's side to support um, keeping people from being sent to the U.S. prison system. Yeah, I was going to say good luck with that one, uh, yeah. given increasingly the world knowing about what goes on inside uh, U.S. prisons. I mean, the prisoners um, in California um, went on a massive uh, hunger strike some years back uh, about the torture of solitary confinement and other tortures within prisons. So that it seems to me as though that would be a very difficult case to make. But help us to, to understand a, a little bit, unravel a, a bit, because um, what we're hearing, according to Reuters, is that the Obama administration had opted not to prosecute uh, Assange, right? But um, nevertheless, U.S. authorities accused Assange of offenses during the administration of Obama related to the release by WikiLeaks of the confidential uh, U.S. military records and, and diplomatic cables. And then there was a lot of controversy around WikiLeaks with the 2016 election where Donald Trump was going on about how much he loves uh, WikiLeaks and, and Roger Stone, um, you know, claiming indicted and arrested in relation to his communications and statements on his involvement in the WikiLeaks email dump that um, was said to negatively uh, impact the Democratic uh, candidate, Hillary Clinton, at the time. So a lot of controversy around him. But nevertheless, um, his supporters have been um, quite strong worldwide and vigilant, uh, not only against what they see as torture and harassment of Julian Assange by the U.S. Um, US government, basically for being a whistleblower. And now there's some talk also of, of the implications of this ruling and what it might mean for freedom of the press, of people saying, well, it really won't mean that much for freedom of the press. Just give us your final thoughts on a lot of this. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that has been said about WikiLeaks in a negative sense during the Trump administration. Um, they were accused of being too cozy with the Trump campaign. Um, I would just say to people that you need to look at some of these individuals who have claimed to have any idea of what's been going on in WikiLeaks, uh, for particularly Roger Stone. Um, this guy is a huckster, I'm a liar, and a fraud, and most of what he ever said and claimed to know about WikiLeaks was false, and he had no idea when publications were going to happen. Um, and so I don't think that should enter our viewpoint about what um, happened here in the prosecution against Julian Assange. Um, yes, the Obama administration declined to prosecute. The Trump Justice Department with Jeff Sessions decided to pursue him. And I'm terribly concerned about the outcome of this decision in the United Kingdom, because worldwide, all press freedom organizations are looking at it and saying they said it was okay to go after a publisher with the United States Espionage Act. And what does that mean for journalists around the world that are practicing hard-hitting investigative journalism and need to be able to publish secret government documents without facing a threat of prosecution from the U.S. government? So that's the issue today. That's what we're all looking at. If we're not Julian Assange, 
we're all concerned about what this might mean for the future of journalism. Uh, right, and uh, also to uh, remind our listeners who may not know, Julian Assange out of Australia, the Australian government has also said that after all of the trials, etc., he's welcome to return um, there to his homeland. He founded WikiLeaks in 2006, and WikiLeaks made global news in 2010 when it published a series of leaks provided, um, we are told, by U.S. Army intelligence analyst uh, Chelsea Manning. And these leaks included the part of the clip that you heard earlier in the hour, the Baghdad airstrike collateral murder video of April in 2010, the Afghanistan war logs of July 2010, the Iraq war logs, October 2010, and Cablegate in November um, of, of 2010. Uh, so quite a lot there. The U.S. government still after Julian Assange. Well, we're going to continue to, to follow this. Uh, carefully and closely, and we appreciate you taking the time, Kevin Gosala, to join us. Thank right, you. Thank you.